titled tonight, and I'm going to move through this quickly, uh, is Keep Your Faith uh, for Healing Strong. There'll never be a time, I say this all the time, in life that you don't need faith for healing either for yourself or for someone else. And uh, in an uncanny way, Scripture is being fulfilled in our day. Uh, and I thought about this as I was uh, praying this afternoon, Luke 21, 11, Amplified New Testament. There will be mighty, and Jesus talking about just before he returns, there'll be mighty and violent earthquakes. And let me say about that, a year ago I was praying, and the Lord said to me, the next thing that will be happening on earth is earthquakes. And it hasn't happened yet. But just watch. There will be mighty and violent earthquakes, and in various places, watch this, famines and pestilences. And then in parenthesis, plagues malignant and contagious or infectious epidemic diseases which are deadly and devastating. Well, that's, well, that's been going on, hasn't it? Yeah. And there will be sights of terror and great signs from heaven. So um, what I want to do tonight is counteract what you hear uh, from everywhere with the Word of God. And it looks like we're in for another round of fear uh, with, uh, with fear-mongering, I should say, with the monkeypox thing. Y'all heard about the monkeypox? So I, I'm never going to have monkeypox. Are you? I, I'm not going to sign the package. And uh, I encourage you not to. But, but it looks like there's another round. They're going to try to do the same thing they did with, uh, they did with COVID-19. And uh, y'all, it was, uh, it was a ploy. And uh, I know uh, it's astounding if I say that for some people. But God spoke to me and gave me the word nefarious about COVID-19. And this is going to be the same way. The people who want to control others' behaviors have found an excellent way to control commerce, to control travel, and to control people's personal lives. And it's called F-E-A-R, uh, fear, health fear. And my encouragement, don't give in to it. I got just a rounding yes on that one. Listen to that. Is it true or not? So... Uh, you know, I've made a decision. I'm not going to live in fear. I've personally made a decision. I'm going to walk by faith the rest of my life, regardless of what that costs me, because walking by faith means something to me. In fact, Hebrews 11:6, what says, "Without faith, it's impossible to please God." Question: Can I please God living in fear? Huh? Well, we'll talk about it in a minute. But uh, well. And then so saying all that, see, what, what I am on the inside, when the pressure comes, what I am on the inside shows up on the outside. So if I have fear inside and things are happening on the outside, then, then I'm going to have an attitude of fear and I'm going to have a response of fear. But if I've got faith inside of me, when things happen on the outside, uh, you punch me, you get faith. And how many know that's a whole lot better than fear, yes or no? Um, Isaiah 33, 6, wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times and strength of salvation. Again, the idea here is whatever I put inside is what's going to come out of me in pressure points and pressure times. Proverbs 4, 23, I'm just hitting some loose ends here as we get into it. Guard your heart, this is New Living Translation, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. That's just another way, it's the Bible way of saying Whatever's inside of me determines how I respond to every single pressure point that life brings. Now, you know, pressure points are everywhere now. Would you admit that? And um, it's unbelievable all of the things that are happening 
week after week after week, and it seems to be multiplying and then dividing and then multiplying some more. It's just nuts. So it's the day we're living in. Jesus is coming back. There's a huge scheme. The truth is there is a huge scheme, and I don't want to get into it tonight, what's going on. There is, there is a diabolical scheme to control the world under that, word, that the whole world is going through right now, and it'll eventuate into the one world government. And, and so, so see, the health thing uh, plays into that because it's a way to control people. How many, were to say, how many hear what I just said? If you don't believe me, come and talk to me because I can show you facts. I know what I'm talking about because I've, I've studied, I've researched it out. The Lord spoke to me about it. So I want to talk about healing because I can see that they're going to run this, they're going to run this trail over and over and over and over again because, again, fear of health is an excellent way to control behavior. And those that want to control behavior figure that out. So for me, I made a decision many years ago that I'm not going to respond to fear. How many hear me? So I made a decision years ago when I turned 18, came to Jesus, uh, that I was going to let, uh, let my faith rule my physical life as well. And, you know, I, I spent my teenage years, and you all have heard me tell all these little stories, but and I was just afraid. I was afraid of sickness. Um, uh, I was afraid of illness. I was afraid because of, you know, things in my past that I was going to die young, die early. And, and, the, and the enemy kept telling my mind. I didn't know it was the enemy. I just kept having these thoughts. Well, you're probably going to get cancer. You're probably going to have, you know, some dreaded disease, some, some whatever. And you're going to die early. You're going to die young. So I was constantly afraid of this, constantly afraid of that, constantly afraid when I had a pain or an ache that it was this or that. And my mind would tell me the worst things. Have you noticed that when, when you feel something, your mind tells you the worst first? <laughs> Does it or not? <laughs> it goes there first. So it makes, literally makes a mountain out of a little, little uh, golf ball, right? So, I mean, you know, and, and I, I got to thinking, I got to do something to counteract that. So uh, when I found out that Jesus, the same time he took my sins, took my sicknesses, and the same faith that saves me is the same uh, faith that heals me, I, I, it was amazing. I mean, it's like, it was like a light, you know, it's like throwing a lifeline to somebody who's about to drown. And, and it was a real lifeline for me. So this stuff's pretty close to my heart, and I, I really like to talk about it. And we need to tear about it over and over again. And so, again, there'll never be a time that you don't need faith for healing, either for yourself or someone else. So that's the reason we always need to, um, uh, we need to get ourselves stirred up in faith. And uh, if you wait to get faith, Smith Wigglesworth said this, if you wait to get faith when you've got to have it, you'll be at a disadvantage. Don't, don't wait till crisis time. Now, I've pastored, I've been in ministry since 1981. The large majority of people wait till crisis moment before they make any changes. Have you noticed that? The, 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 pain, the, 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 the pain to change has to somehow be less than the pain to remain as you are. So that for most people, that means you've got to get fed up with where you are, fed up with what you're doing, say, doggone it. Or we say in South Carolina, dag nabbit, I'm just going to change. So, you know. <laughs> so anyway, if you, but, but most people just wait until they got to have faith. Oops, so I got a physical problem. Ooh, let me go get the pastor to pray. See, if you do, if you act that way, you may or may not get your healing. Now, that's facts. So uh, two years ago, this is really, uh, yes, I can say this. Uh, don't tell Susan. Don't tell Susan. No, so you know, the toilet paper run out. Everybody's making a run on toilet paper. So honestly, nobody's at church. And uh, after church, you know, I preached two services. No, I just preached one service when we were shut down. 
And, uh, and then we'd make a run to somewhere where we found out there's toilet paper. And Susan and I'd run and go get some toilet paper. And, and then Susan made toilet paper runs ever since. And now we got this closet at our house. When you open that closet, I mean, dude, I mean, I'm 6'3". You got toilet paper and, and paper towels up to here in the closet. And, and then if I go to Susan's vehicle and open it up, there's always a, cup, a few rolls of toilet paper and or paper towels in there too. So we got abundance, right? <laughs> so again, um, don't, don't wait till your faith runs out to get you some more. Do, do like Susan and have a big stack of, uh, a big stack of, of <laughs> all the stuff you need. Have a big stack of faith is what I'm saying. Don't wait till the crisis comes. Don't wait till the electricity's off before you run to the grocery store when a storm comes to get your bread and your milk, whatever, right? So um, do it now. Be a spiritual prepper. You know, prepping is a, a, a probably a billion-dollar industry these days because of all that's happening in the world. Well, how about be a spiritual prepper? You know, people that cram, people that cram for the tests. How many have crammed for tests? Because you got exams the next day, and you got study for hours on end, and then, man, you got to memorize and memorize and think and look and study. And, but, you know, the idea is, the better way to do it is study a little bit every day, and, and then you don't have to play catch-up. But again, most people have to play catch up because they, they don't do what they should do every day. And so, you know, kids do that in school. We do that as adults as well, right? Or, or as we get into our careers. So the idea is keep a good storehouse of God's Word built up inside for health and healing. So um, I've got several points here. I'm trying to see how many four. I've got four major points here. We'll get through it fairly quickly. Number one, number one, to walk in, in health the health that Jesus secured for me. How many think it glorifies God if you take advantage of what Jesus did for you? Let me, let me ask, for, how do you think it makes him feel? Okay, if you were God and you sent your son to the cross. No, no, you sent your son from heaven to live in a human body that he created. And, and he decided to submit himself to all the laws of physics and live in, the, in the, the created world, the world he created, and live like us. And, and you're God. And, and then your son, he bears your sin. And then he takes your punishment for sin. He goes to hell for you. He's raised from the dead. And then he ascends from this black, dark earth. And he goes back to heaven. And he's glorified. How would you feel as God if... Somebody said, with that, I don't believe, I don't want any of it. Would it make you sad? Yes or no? Of course. The same time Jesus did that for my sin, he did that for my sickness. How do you think it makes him feel? He's provided healing for you. Can I be real? Most people are too lazy to grasp it. Because it's easier to take a pill. Well, I let the doctor take care of that. If you do that too much, there may come something the doctor says, I can't help you here. Then what you gonna do? Now, can I just give you an insight into me? I, you don't have to live like me. I've lived this way since I was 18. I made a decision when I was 18. If Jesus did it for me, I'm going to do it. I'm going to have it. I'm going to obtain it. I want it. 
I'm not perfect. I'm so far from perfect, it's pitiful. But I want it. So I've wanted salvation. I've wanted to be close to Jesus. I wanted to renew my mind. I, I wanted to change the bad habits in my life. I've wa- and I've wanted to walk in health because I know what it feels like to be afraid of what could come. Does that make sense? And, and to me, it just glorifies God if I take advantage of what Jesus did for me. Yes or no? Do you think it does? So, so, so all this is available but I'm a believer, but I say, well, I just got to take this pill. And there's nothing, hey, 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 don't misread me. You might need the pill. In fact, if you need it, I say, you better take that because you ain't ready for this. You need to take that. You need to go to the, I've told people, you need to go to the doctor. You, you need to go, you need to have an operation. You need to go. You're not ready for what I do. You better go because I want you to live, right? So, so I want you to understand what I just said. I'm not against medicine. I'm not against doctors. I'm just saying, why don't you let Dr. Jesus be the first person you consult instead of the very last person you consult when there's a physical challenge? We don't live that way today. And you know we don't. We're the dudes that get the call. Help! 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 Right? And there's nothing wrong with calling and saying you need help. I'm just saying, guys, if Jesus provided it, let's grasp it. Yes or no? Does that challenge you? Huh? Well, it's supposed to. <laughs> so the first thing, number one, is deal with fear. Um, Proverbs 29, 25, the fear of man brings a snare. A snare is a trap. A snare, uh, uh, you know, a hunter puts a, a, a trap, a snare in the ground. And, and you know, um, that coyote's trying to, trying to eat his chickens. He gets his foot caught in the snare, Right? Yeah, fear of man brings a snare, grabs you. Whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Proverbs, Job 3.25, the thing which I greatly feared has come upon me. What I dreaded has happened to me. Do you know fear is like a magnet? It draws to you what you're afraid of. The very thing you don't want if you're afraid of it is automatically attracted to you. See, fear and faith, in some ways, they're the same. See, faith is an attraction. Fear is an attraction. Faith attracts God, the angels, the healing power of God, forgiveness of sin. It, 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 it attracts God's almighty ability, but fear attracts the demonic and all that goes with it, right? So 2 Timothy 1.7, God's not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and of a, of a sound mind. And, and fear is a spirit. I've told you the story, November 1st, 1998, we were at a mission trip in Guatemala, a DC-3, the one that was in the Rocky movies. We were on that plane. And bottom line, that plane crashed uh, after it let us off and had several other trips and then there was a big hurricane. It crashed. I went to the crash site with some people. And so you got the plane in a thousand pieces. And I've shared this so many times, but in context, let me share it one more time. Walking up, uh, it's raining, terrible, uh, the plane's in a thousand pieces and you got the fuselage and the motor and the wheels and all of the, all of the wires that control the flaps on the wing. You could just see everything. And, uh, and, there, and there's people that have deceased there right inside the fuselage. Yeah. And I saw some boots sticking out. It's out of the ground. It's pretty scary. I can still see it in my mind. And, uh, and right when I saw that, something grabbed me. I, I mean, y'all, I, I'd never felt it like that. It was a fear like I had never sensed, a foreboding sense of, oh my God, that's going to happen to you. 
unless you make some changes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And, 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 and I heard a voice inside from here outside. Said, and I had a trip to India scheduled two months later. And I heard the voice, you need to cancel that trip to India. Because this is going to happen to you one day. Be your boot sticking at the ground that you see right there. And y'all, it grabbed me. That fear grabbed me. And I didn't realize, I'm going to tell you, the truth is, when when you're in a tough situation, what you've already planted in you comes out of you. That's why if you wait till you need faith, you'll be at a disadvantage, right? The moment that happened, the moment that fear came on me. I mean, I didn't mean to, but I screamed out. And I don't even know who heard me. I had people around me. I said, no, no, I I refuse this. And I said, if I have to live in fear, then let me go ahead and die today because I will not live my life in fear. When I said that, it left. It left. Now, that was a big lesson for me. Number one, what was inside of me. Uh, Secondly, how strong fear can be. I I get it. It's strong. You've you've got to deal with fear. And y'all, we're living in in a time period that those that want to control human behavior, the number one tool they're going to use is fear. You get that? You've got to be willing to acknowledge that and then willing to resist the fear tactics that they use. And it's really, a, it's really become a psychological operation. They, they control the media. They control all the outlets of communication. And it just builds the same thing over and over and over and over to everybody. So you just believe everything they say, and it's just simply not true. But people think it's true. You get that? So here's the underlying comment about this. Uh, faith cancels fear. Or... Fear cancels faith. You can't live in both. I've heard people say, well, I'm just using wisdom. No, you're living in fear. Did you hear? Did you hear what I just said? Well, I'm just, I'm just being wise. I'm just being wise. There is a boldness to faith that almost seems braggadocious. And almost feel, seems too far. But it'll break the fear off of your life. Did you hear what I just said? I've lived this long enough that I can say this with a bit of tenacity because I've lived it. So, number two, uh, let me ask you this question. To what information sources do you give the most attention? It's a big question. There's a lot of information sources today. So I got this from, uh, uh, let me see, Smith Wigglesworth said this, Lester Summerall said this, Kenneth Hagin said this, all these are mentors of the Lord, uh, in the Lord of mine who are all in heaven now. Uh, feed your faith, starve your doubts. Now, now that's easier said than done. Feed your faith, starve your doubts. Because of that statement, there are certain things I refuse to read. Did you hear what I just said? Well, the American Medical Association just come up with this, or you can Google search this, this problem or this problem or this ache or this pain. If you read all that Google stuff, you are a... Fill in the blank. Unwise person. That's kindly saying, saying it kindly. I could say you're a fool. That hurts. Certain things I absolutely refuse to read. Why read it? 
If that doesn't apply to me and I never plan on it applying to me, why do I need that in my head? The devil will use that as a tool against you when you're going through a, tri- a, st- a, st- a stressor, right? And I've told you this before. I've had so many people over the years say, well, I had this pain, had this ache, so I Googled it. You stupid, don't be, why'd you Google it? Why didn't you, buy? how about Bible it instead of Google it? Let's Bible it. This was falling apart, I've been reading it so much. I mean, Bible it, don't Google it, Bible it. Somebody put that on Twitter, I don't know. <laughs> well, it says, there's some movies I refuse to watch. Okay, so, so you know, you got these faith-based movies and stuff, and uh, all kinds of companies have them now. But listen to this. So, so here's one. And the whole, the whole foundation of the movie, this person's got this dread disease and they're going to die. Question, why do I want to watch that? What's going to happen at the end of the movie? They're going to be in the casket six feet under. What is that giving you faith for? That disease is going to kill your butt. It's going to kill you dead. That's what your head's saying, Right? So when the pain comes, when the discomfort comes, your head saying, remember that movie? Remember what happened to him? Remember what happened to her? Why do I want to watch that? I do not watch it. Susan and I, you know, when I have some chill time, I get chill time. If I have enough word in me, I have enough prayer, I'm prayed up, I'm worded up, I want to chill out a little bit, I watch a clean movie. And you don't know how many times Susan and I say, well, that looks like a good movie. She says, that looks like a good one, Miss. Let's look at that one. And I'll say, well, yeah, that looks like a good one. And we click, and man, they're talking about sickness. Click, I cut it off. I have to find me. Sometimes it takes me 30 minutes to find a good one. Certain things I refuse to ingest. Romans 10, 17, so then faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Uh, everything I hear brings faith for something either faith for the negative things to overwhelm me or faith in God's word for him to help me minister to me and in the context of what I'm talking about to keep me well. Yes or no? Mark 4, 24, he said to them, Jesus, after he talked about the parable of the sower, the wayside stony, thorny, and good ground, he said to them, be careful what you're hearing. Hmm, I'm gonna read that again. And he said to them, be careful what you're hearing. Hmm, maybe I need to read that again. And he said to them, be careful what you are hearing. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. And more besides will be given to you who hear. So you know what that says? Don't just listen to the pastor on Wednesday night talk about healing. Do something with it yourself when you get home. Yes? Give some thought and some study to it, right? So here's, here's uh, one, two, three, five words here that all go together in, in sequence. Hearing, thinking, believing, speaking, acting. Now, if you leave any of those out, it's not going to work. Everybody say hearing, Hearing. thinking, Thinking. believing, Believing. speaking, Speaking. acting. See, they feed off of each other. First one's hearing. Or you can say what you ingest. Hearing. What I, what I put inside of me, in my reservoir, on the interior of my, of my cranial cavity here. <laughs> what I'm hearing produces what I'm thinking about. Is that true? And then what I'm thinking about produces a belief system. Yes or no? So you see, you can't just innocuously ingest and absorb anything without it affecting your thinking. 
Yes or no? And then it affects your believing, right? And then believing what you, what you say is what you really believe. And you know what I found out? When the going gets tough and life is difficult and hard, what's in you comes out. Do you hear me? Got so many illustrations. And then the last one's acting. See, the way I live is determined by what I hear, what I think, what I believe, what I speak. Y'all okay? Uh, two Sunday nights ago. Oh, it was the night we had, I got to stay up and watch the moon turn red. It's a bad omen, that's what they say. Um, Susan and I, I preached that day. I said, well, let's watch a little movie we did. Clean. The moment we turned it off, man, she, she started hurting right here. Bad. And she said, Mitch, it's moving up into my jaw. And now it's all the way in my back. And now it's all the way down my arm. Well, you know what people say about that, right? And you know what she said? Well, himself took my infirmities and bare my sickness. I said, well, I agree with that. I said, you're not going to have a heart attack. She said, no, I'm not. We said, with his stripes, we're healed. But she said, Mitch, I hurt. Mitch, I have never hurt like this. I hurt bad. So we waited a few minutes, and we're monitoring. She got the blood pressure thing. Her blood pressure's off the chart. I said, mm, okay, all right, all right. What I'm giving you an illustration of is hearing, thinking, believing, speaking, acting. So we're in the middle of a crisis thing. So, so I, as husband, I got to protect my wife. I love my wife, right? So what do I do when the crisis time comes? Well, I better act. I don't expect her to have the faith I have. She's got to have her own faith, right? And I said, Susan, what you want me to do? She said, I'm not sure yet. And we believe in God. We prayed. I laid hands on her. We prayed. And, uh, and she didn't get any better. And I said, now, what you want me to do? She said, I'm not sure yet. So we waited a few more minutes. She checked her blood pressure again, and... It was no better. And she said, I'm feeling worse, Mitch. I feel really bad. In fact, this is unbearable pain. Mm. And so I got my phone out. I said, well, and I did 911. I said, you speak the word. I'm going to hit that button right there, and, and, and life won't be as it was going to be tonight. You tell me. And so, so I waited just a little bit. She says, I said, you still hurt? Like, yes. Blood pressure? Like, yes. Click, I hit 911, and here come the ambulance, and here come, now everybody knows we got a problem. And here comes the uh, fire truck, firemen come first, you know, they come in all their stuff, they knock on my door, and uh, come in the bedroom, they check Susan out, then the paramedics came in, they checked her out, put the hooked her up to the machine, put all the little stuff on her chest, and here's what they said, Miss Horton, there is nothing wrong with your heart. I'm 99.3% sure there's nothing wrong with your heart at all. You have perfect rhythm. You have not had a heart attack. Even though I haven't given you the blood test, because I've been doing this for X period of time, I'm pretty sure this is, you're okay. And so it was either her esophagus or she was lifting babies that day. And those muscles can be really mean. Now see, I, why did I share that? Because that's an illustration of what's inside of you. We could have hyperventilated. Do you hear me? I could have hyperventilated. 
Or I could have just said, I just believe God, woman. Now, how dumb am I if I do that? If you do that to your spouse, you're dumb. You can't expect them to be who you are. Yes or no? I was ready to go to the hospital. I'm ready to have her checked out. No, we called 911 because, you know, she said, I'm not sure I can make it there. It's hurt so bad. She was sitting in a chair. Well, bottom line was, Susan's fine. I mean, you know, honestly, uh, we did everything they told. They said, go take four bare aspirin, 81 milligrams, and chew them up. That's nasty. <laughs> and uh, and um, I forgot, I don't think we did anything else. But you know what happened? The pain left. I mean, as quickly as it came, it left. It was a, a spasm, evidently, of some muscle that seemed like a heart attack. If we had said the wrong thing, would the devil have loved to put a heart attack on my wife? Huh? Potentially. Now, what should I have done? Well, I need to be cautious, but I don't expect other people to be who I am. And you shouldn't either. Yes or no? The reason I shared that was what's in you comes out in crisis moments. You get that? Well, she's in the word. I'm in the word. The word come out of our mouth, but because she was in pain, I decided to have her checked out. I could talk about that a whole lot, but the bottom line was that did, did that potentially produce fear? Yes or no? Could we have allowed fear to completely rule us in that? Well, we could have. We didn't, and it turned out she's totally fine, you know. So anyway, that was all free. I thought he'd like to hear that, nonetheless. You can tell when your word level increases because the level of panic doesn't go to a certain place if you've got the word in you. When crisis things hit, what's in you comes up. And if you don't have enough word in you to counteract the problem, then you're in trouble. How many get it? That's the reason I'm saying be careful what you hear. Don't allow fear to rule your life. Number three, Isaiah 53. Everybody okay? Isaiah 53 is the basis for faith in Jesus' sacrifice, not only to forgive sin, but to heal disease. I've preached on this so many times here, but it bears, bears repeating. The truth is many times I wake up at night. Usually if I wake up at night, if I've drank too much water, I got to go to the bathroom. So I wake up and uh, my body says, go to the bathroom. I say, okay. Then I come, sit down, lay the back down in bed. You know what I do? A lot of times, Isaiah 53 right here, it goes in my head. Because I've learned when I wake up at night, let the word of God, use it as an opportunity to meditate. The word, not count sheep, meditate. One, two, three, four, five. No, no. And this is what I meditate. Who has believed our report? This is the great redemptive chapter, first six verses. And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Talk about Jesus and his passion, Jesus and his sacrifice. And then number, uh, verse three, he is despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows, a man of pains and acquainted with sickness in the original translations. And other translations say the same thing. Um, he is despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he's borne our sicknesses, griefs, and carried our pains, sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. In fact, when Susan was enduring that pain, I said, Father, Jesus took that pain for Susan so she could be free from that pain. We resist this pain in the name of Jesus. That's the way I pray because I've been meditating on this. 
Surely he's borne our sicknesses, carried our pains, sorrows, many times in the Old Testament translated pains. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes or wounds we are healed. Oh, we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. You could also say, and the Lord has laid on him the sickness of us all. So I meditate on that verse a lot. In fact, if I wake up at night, I usually go there or Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, sicknesses and oppression of the devil, for God was with him. And or, or Matthew eight seventeen that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. I just let it ruminate through me. I've done it thousands of times in a 40 something year period, but I do it because I want to keep the word built up in me. And then 1 Peter two twenty four, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we having died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Last thing, number four, do you actively with your words acknowledge that you believe you receive health and healing? That is, do you with your mouth, out loud, when your body is attacked, uh, resist the sickness like you would resist a demon spirit that was attacking you with thoughts? Do you resist it the same way you would resist uh, the, the, um, the, the desire to sin that comes? I mean, you know, a thought comes. There's a $500 right there. And you're at the bank. Grab that, put it in your pocket. Would you do that? No, you'd resist. Would you resist it? You'd think, I can't do it. You wouldn't resist it? Would you resist it? Huh? Is God telling you to do that? Yes or no? Well, who's telling you to do that? If, if that thought come to your mind, where did that thought come from? It sure didn't come from God. It didn't come from your inner person if you're born again because you've got a pure spirit and your spirit's not gonna tell you to do something like that, right? It comes from the enemy. I'm just trying to say you resist it, right? So when, so when, so again, sickness comes. When you say no to it, you're resisting the devil, right? So resisted, do you actively with your words acknowledge that you believe you receive health and healing? So Mark 11, 23 and 24, I'm almost done. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain. In fact, verse 22 of Mark 11, let me back up. In fact, the previous verses to that, Jesus is going in and out of Jerusalem with his disciples. There's a fig tree that should have had some figs on it, but it didn't. It was barren. And Jesus said he was hungry and he didn't see any figs. So he spoke to an inanimate object, a tree. They can't talk back. No man eat fruit of you here forever. And he did it so loud the disciples heard it. They walked back, you know, to Bethany, I think, and then come back out, come back to Jerusalem. And then the next morning they got up and Peter said, well, looky, looky there. Jesus, that fig tree that you talked to, the leaves are withering like it's dying, like the tree in my backyard right now that I've got to spray for bugs because it's an apple tree and the leaves are falling. I got to deal with it. And he said, well, look at there. And Jesus said, have faith in God. See, he, he showed them what faith will do. And he used a tree to show them. And he spoke to a tree. No man eat fruit of you hereafter forever. And it died. It withered from the roots. And Jesus said, have faith in God. Then verse 23, for assuredly I say to you, 
Uh, whoever says to this mountain, this mountain is a pro- a mountain's a, a, a speaking of a problem. Be removed, be cast into the sea. Does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done. He will have what he says. He said, believe one time. He said, say three times. It's three times as important to say as it is to believe. You know why? If you say something long enough, you'll begin to believe it. Yes or no? The last two years, people have been saying certain things about certain things, and every, a lot of people have believed it, and it's not true. Yes or no? So you can school yourself into faith, even if you don't believe what the Bible says to begin with. Uh, do what the people that use these psychological operations on us. Here's what they know. If they let the news media say certain things and all of the outlets that people listen to say, and everywhere you go, it's then you're going to say, and that's what people have done for two years. Did you hear me? Why don't you do that with your faith? Jesus took my infirmities and bare my sicknesses. With his wounds, I'm healed. I believe I receive my healing. Right? Even if you don't believe it, Jesus said, whoever says to the mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, and doesn't down in his heart, but believes what he says, says, will come to pass, he'll have what he says. Say it, say it, say it, even though it doesn't seem real, even though it doesn't seem to be working, command the thing to cease in Jesus' name. So we spoke to the thing with Susan in Jesus' name. Now, we are not stupid. We went and called and made sure everything's okay because I don't want to be single. I love my wife, right? Let's get real, see? But we acted on the word, and then if I need to be practical for her sake, I did, and we did. So does that make sense? But we spoke to the mountain. So in your life, when a pain comes, when discomfort comes, when this thing comes on your body, speak to it in Jesus' name and command it to go. Curse it in Jesus' name. And then do what Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, I say to you, what things soever you desire when you pray. And this is the key. Believe you receive. And you'll have. And this is the hardest thing for, to, to get people to see. And it's hard, not easy to do. You got to believe you got it before you feel it. You got to believe you got it before there's any physical sensation change. You got to believe you got it where it's, where, while it's obvious that it looks like you don't. Jesus didn't say to believe I got it. He said, believe you receive it. There's a difference. So people all, I hear people say this all the time. Well, I'm healed. Well, well you've got a snotty nose. <laughs> You're still limping. <laughs> You're still saying, oh, we. You're still saying, don't touch me. Well, no. He said, believe you receive. I never do. I don't go around and say, well, I'm healed. No, I say, I believe I receive my healing. Why do I say that? My job is not to heal me. Jesus' job is to heal me. Your job is not to heal you. Your job is to believe you receive the healing. And if you believe you receive it, then you act like you believe you receive it. And you're happy and just as excited now as you would be when you have no symptoms and everything looks wonderful, right? Case in point, got two illustrations. Last, I have this weird penchant for dates. September 5th, 2021. 
I was in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. I was staying at the Hilton. Because RMAI, Rama had a leaders meeting there. So I rented a room. Susan's with me. We're going to the meetings. I'm crazy about exercise. I love to exercise. And I don't care where I am. I have my exercise stuff with me. So I put on my little sneakers and my little stuff. And I took a five-mile walk down the beach. Five miles. And, uh, and, um, and, um, and, um, the next day, so I went to the meeting, come back, cleaned up, went to the meeting that night, had a few hours that afternoon. Well, I went to the meeting that night and uh, got up and went to bed, got up the next morning, went back to another meeting, and man, y'all, my foot is saying, something's wrong with me. Something's really bad wrong with me. My Achilles tendon right down at the bottom, right where it attaches at the heel, right in at the back of your foot. Y'all. So, so instead of walking like this, I'm walking like this. I said, Jesus. So then I practiced. Because I didn't want anybody to see me going. So I practiced hurting and walking and hurting. Y'all, it hurt so bad. Evidently, when I was walking on the beach in the sand, the kind of shoes I had, they had some arch support, and the way it dealt with my foot, it put undue stress on my tendon here. And y'all, I tweaked it out real bad. And really, you know, so I said, Father, I have made a mess here. This hurts real bad. I don't want to be preaching and going, turn in your Bible, please. Although if I have to, I will, and I've probably done it before. Uh, so I prayed and... and uh, Said, Father, I, whatever I've done, forgive me for my ignorance. I didn't know I was going to do that to my foot, but I ask you to heal this Achilles tendon here in Jesus' name. Y'all, it hurt really bad. And I put ice on it and blah, blah, and all that kind of stuff. I did everything I needed to do. Uh, but it got no better. So, so that was September the 5th. I'm telling you, let me get to the point. Uh, from September 5th, October 5th, November 5th, December 5th, did you know every single day, it hurt like the first day, every day. Now, you probably didn't notice because I didn't let you notice. I could have. I didn't say anything about it because the whole time I, I kept saying, and every time I thought about it, which was every time I took a step, <laughs> I said, Lord, I believe I received healing for this tendon in my left foot. I believe I received my healing. And I want to thank you for healing my foot. Thank you so much. So I have another habit. I, have a, I, I either go between 20 and 23 miles on my bike for exercise. Or if I don't do that, another set of muscles you use, I go sometimes two, sometimes three. Usually not less than two miles I walk or three miles. Or if I have some extra time, four miles. I know how long it takes me for each one of those. So I do it every day. I know I'm strange, but that's what I do. Uh, but every time I'm walking, I'm hurting really bad. So I'm putting those shoes on. It's like, I even bought another pair of tennis shoes. Well, maybe some tennis shoes will help me. I bought me a $95 pair of tennis shoes. Well, I'll put these on and see if they say, no, it was worse. So I'm just saying from September 5th through December, I hurt really bad. Every, and I walked. If I wasn't riding my bike, thankfully when I ride my bike and pedal, it doesn't hurt. But walking, it, it bad. It real bad. You get that? And, uh, but you know, I didn't say, well, I don't know why this ain't working. 
I don't know what I'm going to do. So September passed, October uh, passed, November passed. Did I say anything to y'all, Sarah? I see my family regularly, my kids, I'm picking up my grandkids, I'm running around with them, playing with them, talking to them. We're running around the house, running around the yard, you know, whatever, and uh, it's hurting. So what do I do while it's hurting? I do what Jesus said. I spoke one time to the mountain. The mountain was the extreme pain produced by whatever I did to my Achilles tendon. But then I did Mark eleven twenty four. I believe I receive. And every time I thought about it, I say, Lord, I want to thank you so much for healing my Achilles tendon. Thank you. And, and so, you know, first week, second week, third week, fourth week, yada, yada. And, and when I said that, it's almost like this other voice saying, they're going to have to cut you open, son. <laughs> they're going to have to take that one out and put a new one in. Or either you tore it and you're going to have to have that thing repaired. This is bad because you'd, already be, you'd already, already be healed and have no pain if this was working. Now, did I have those thoughts? Only every day. So what did I do? I said, Lord, I want to thank you that when Jesus took my sins, he took my sicknesses. He bore my pains and carried my sicknesses. This is a big pain. And I thank you that he bore them. And I've commanded the mountain to be removed. I've commanded the pain to leave. I've commanded the Achilles tendon to line up with God's word. And I've asked you to heal me. So Lord, I believe I receive. Doesn't matter what I feel. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm not moved by how it seems. I'm not moved by the pain. I believe I receive. Thank you so much for healing. So every day I just said, Lord, thank you. And I go into detail in my prayer life. Thank you so much, Lord. I prayed on September 5th. Thank you for healing me. Thank you. And I just quote healing scriptures to the Lord to remind him, really reminding me. And, uh, but every day I'm dealing with the pain. Every day, every day, every day. And I have, to, I have to shoo the birds away. I have to shoo the doubts and the fears away every day. And every day something's saying, it ain't working. And I just ignore, what I do with that? Ignore it. What I do believe I receive? Because I've done this long enough to know one day I'll get up and it won't hurt. And I don't know, one day in December, I don't have that date in my head, but I got up one day and put my tennis shoes on and I said, well, we're going for a walk, and I was bracing myself to, to go, mm, mm. but I didn't have to go, because mm, it didn't hurt, and right now, it's completely healed. Do you get that? Now, now I got another one. So, so why did I tell you that? To let you know that healing is not always instantaneous, and you have to fight the good fight of faith, and you have to resist the symptoms. How many understand? And again, if you don't have a positive assurance inside that God has answered your prayer and that you thoroughly believe you received, go get some help, i.e., go to the doctor, take you some medicine, do what you need to do. Why do I do this? If I can fight the little thing, which is a hurt tendon, then I can fight the big thing. But I'll never fight a big thing if I never try to conquer the little thing. You get it? So if we can't get over a sniffle by faith, then forget about cancer. Did you hear me? You get it? All right, one other illustration. Y'all okay? Want me to tell one more? Is it okay? So, so December 26th, <clears throat> between 7.30 and 9 p.m., it was a Sunday. We didn't have church that day, y'all remember? This last year, December 26th. So um, 
Oh, my, all my kids are there. Were you there, Sue? Did you play that? You were sitting beside me. What's the name of that game? It's a card game. Uh, goat, cheese, pizza, what? We were playing a card game. It's the weirdest game I've ever... It's called Goat, Pizza, Cheese. You played the game. And you have these cards and they got a goat, a pizza, a cheese, and, and the other one's milk, I don't know, something. Dairy, is that what? Whatever, I don't know. Anyway, and, and so what you do is you got all the people playing the game. So I got my kids, Sarah's there, and got Jessica, Jeff, you, me. Is that all, just four of us? Lindsay, uh, other daughter. So we're, and we go around, you know, and, and so when it's your turn, I mean, you got to do it real fast. Somebody will put a card down, and it's either, and you got cards in your hand, they either have goat, cheese, pizza, milk, whatever. And, and then when they lay the card down, uh, the goal is to have no cards, and you win. So, so once they lay the card down, you got to slap it down real fast. Well, you know, I'm a big guy, and so, man, when it's time to slap the card down, I'm going, bam, 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 bam. And I did bam so much, I ruined my Achilles, this, this tendon, not Achilles, uh, my tendon. They call it tennis elbow. The tendon right here attaches the elbow right here. Y'all, I mean, I got up the next morning, it's like, I do. Jesus, help. I mean, just brushing my teeth is like, ah, 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 just holding my, holding my iPad. It's like, ah, typing, I'm typing. It hurts to move my fingers. You get it? I know I'm too demonstrative. I get it. But that's December 26th. I said, God. What kind of game is that? That game's of the devil. That's all I can tell you. I ain't playing that game again. But I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell Sue. I didn't tell anybody. I said, Lord, I have, I have done done it again. Now, I already got my foot healed, but looky, looky, what did I do? So I laid hands. I said, Lord, now, Jesus took my infirmities and bare my sicknesses, and with his wounds I'm healed. So I ask you to heal whatever I did to my elbow. I didn't mean to do it. I sure wouldn't have done it if I knew I was doing it. Forgive me and help me. Heal me in Jesus' name. And Lord, right now, Mark eleven twenty four 24 says, whatever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, you shall have them. Right, Lord, right now, I believe I receive my healing. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for healing uh, this uh, tennis elbow. It wasn't tennis, it was card game. This card game elbow. <laughs> Thank you for healing me. <laughs> And you know, again, just like the tendon on my foot every day. Y'all, listen. Uh, January 26th came. February 26th came. March 26th came. April 26th came. No kidding. And sometime in the first part of this month, I was brushing my teeth or grooming my head. You don't brush your head, put my little stuff on it, and it didn't hurt. And tonight, I can pick up my iPad. I can pick up this heavy two-pound Bible. It doesn't hurt. I can do this, and it doesn't hurt. But you know what I did every day? Had to do the same thing. So for, what's that, four months? December, January, February, March, April. Yeah, a little over four months. Every day, 
because you're using your hands all day, every day. And when I'm typing particularly, all these tendons here, you're moving them. Man, y'all. So I got to type my messages. I'm typing email. I'm just doing all kinds of stuff. Oh. So all day I said, Lord, thank you. I believe I receive healing. And even, y'all, even needling down to pray, just to bend my elbow and put my face in my hand, it hurt so bad. I finally figured out how to kneel down and pray and put, put one hand like this and one hand like this. I'm not kidding. But the whole time I'm doing this, I say, Lord, I believe I received my healing. Thank you for healing me. And y'all, today there's no pain. Now, now, can I just tell you what that does for me? It proves to me that time means nothing. The only thing between me and receiving what Jesus promised me is time. And so, so am I willing to endure what's necessary to receive what he provided for me? Do I have the endurance, the fortitude to put up with it? Now, some things you can't, but if you can, do it because you'll develop your faith. Start in small things that aren't going to kill you. That's probably not going to kill me. It just makes me feel bad. And I knew the tendon wasn't going to kill me. Does that make sense? Start with things like that. Y'all, I'm telling you if, you, if you'll do this, then when something bigger comes, you'll be able to weather the storm. Did you hear me? So I have other faith projects that I won't tell you about right now. But when the manifestation day comes, I'll say, let me tell you a story. Isn't that good? So now at this juncture of life, 40-something years, I could tell you about God healing me from so many things. And you know, it's not, it's, it it's him. And it only brags on him and his word. I can tell you that God's word works. And I can tell you that when fear comes, when physical challenges come, whether, whether you did it to yourself like me, or whether the enemy just attacks your body or whatever happens, I can tell you, if you'll act on God's word, God's word will work for you. Is that good? Is that good? Isn't that good? And you know what it does? It brings a, um, well, just a settledness to life. And you don't have to be afraid of anything. Well, Pastor, aren't you afraid of saying that? Don't you afraid something's going to happen? Listen. I've already had so many things happen until now. You know what? I believe I receive. Because Jesus said, if you believe you receive, the only thing between you having is time. Is that good? I got about 30 more minutes of preaching, but I'm done. Did y'all get something out of there? Come on, lift your hands where you're at. I just thank God for his word a minute. Lord, I just pray for me and all of us that we would um, develop a reverence and respect for the word of God. Let us plant the seeds of your word inside. Let us develop our faith in you. Let us develop our faith in small things. In Jesus' name. Lord, let us not just depend on doctors and medicine. Nothing wrong with them. 
Let us depend on you. Teach us how to walk by faith and not by feelings. Teach us. Teach us how. You know, a verse comes to my mind. Got to go look it up at Psalms. It's talking about Joseph. And it says, Until the time came, the word of the Lord tested him. Do you know God's word will test you? Do you know answered prayer will test you? So you're asking God to do this or that. I'm believing God for a bunch of people to be saved before Jesus comes back. Because I don't want them to be here when the meteorites fall and all hell breaks loose. Do you? I don't see any uh, outward indication that they've made a hairbreadth change. But I believe. I just believe. And I'm asking for their soul. And, um, you know, when you live this way, you just have confidence in God and answer prayer. So I want to encourage you tonight. Resist fear. Put the word inside of you. Take time to meditate. Now, I've got the notes where I just minister. They're online. Go to Victory Church Raleigh tonight. And they're right there with the video. And uh, what I did put in the notes is every verse I meditate on, I forgot how many, there's a bunch of them, on healing, on faith, and on answered prayer. And these verses come out of my mouth a lot, a lot. Throughout the day, uh, sometimes when I pray and I say, Lord, I want to remind me of what you said. I just tell it. Um, I wake up at night, I'm driving my truck somewhere, um, try to take a break. I just let the word go through me. If you'll do that, God's word will get in you. See, speaking. You know, now, what is it? What is it? Hearing, thinking, believing, speaking. See, it works, y'all. It's amazing. So, you know, we're going through a volatile time. And if you'll put into practice what I said tonight, not just about healing, but for every area of life, you can walk in peace every day. Is that good? So, Lord, let the peace of God be on your people tonight. Lord, let your healing power manifest. In Jesus' name.